0: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au.
1: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005.
0: Anyway, uh, one man who probably doesn't give a stuff about our complaining regarding our music sweepers and the like is Trey Wingo, uh, the man over there in the States. He's all over his NFL. He's all over his American sports. It's very much NFL at the moment. Uh, but we were talking earlier, Trey, and welcome to the show, we were talking earlier about the worst sporting conditions you've sat in. I would imagine that you, in the depths of winter, in all corners of the United States, and maybe the world has sat through some pretty tough conditions to enjoy some sport. Am I right?
2: Oh, you're 100% right. And before we even get there, let me just say, I stand with Adam and Nick. House of Pain, <laughs> mandatory, 30 to 40 seconds. You, you don't just play five seconds of House of Pain and expect to jump around. You've <laughs> got to go 25, 30 seconds. So all the editorial people that made this decision, canned, fired, get out. <laughs> Trey, is it the University
1: of Wisconsin that have the, the House of Pain before their games? Imagine if they did 15 Ooh. seconds, it'd be a riot.
2: Yeah, Camp Randall Stadium would not be rocking the way it's supposed to be rocking. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. What is, um, what is the worst sporting conditions you've sat in? I, I remember Salt Lake City Winter well, Olympics being as cold. I thought I was going to die of hypothermia at the opening ceremony. It was so cold. What about yourself?
2: Well, that one was tough because, you know, I covered that for ESPN. And there are two kinds of people that cover the Olympics rights holders and non-rights holders. And if you're a rights holder, they, they might as well. It's, it's like flying first class on Emirates air or you know or a Qantas first class pod. Whatever you need, we'll come over. We'll take care of you. And if you're a non-rights holder, you might as well have gotten there by Greyhound bus because you're not allowed within a certain area and a perimeter of everything. So we did all of our live shots at night uh, outside on the roof of the Salt Lake Convention Center. And I mean to tell you, it was not warm. I mean, it was chilly, 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 and uh, that was pretty bad. Although, although one of the worst ever was we were watching our son play high school football once in a game in late October, and it was a freak snowstorm, and it snowed about 10 inches, and it got so bad that all the trees still had their leaves on them. They hadn't, you know, the, the, the fall foliage hadn't happened yet. All the trees fell over. And all the, all the roots just uprooted. It, it was a disaster. That was that was one of the least pleasant sporting experiences I can ever think of.
1: I like that, Trey. I like that. Let's talk NFL playoffs. Uh, last week, everything sort of went to script. There was one game there. The uh, It probably went to script because the Cowboys choked it up. But this week, let's look. AFC first, <laughs> the Tennessee Titans uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Barrow. Got his first uh, playoff win. Cincinnati got their first playoff win in 31 years. They take on the Titans. Is Derek Henry going to be back for the Tennessee Titans?
2: It looks like he's going to be back. And, guys, that changes everything. Just so people understand, Tennessee in the regular season threw threw the ball an average of 201 yards per game. And that is the lowest uh, passing yards per game for a number one seed in the playoffs since 2008 when the Tennessee Titans threw it for less than 200 yards a game, and they got bounced in the first game of the, of the playoffs that year as the number one seed. Derrick Henry back changes everything for Tennessee, uh, and it comes at a really inopportune time for Cincinnati because in the win over the Raiders, they lost their best defensive lineman, Larry Ogunjobi, who's a great run stopper. Another great run stopper for them, Mike Daniels, is unlikely to play. So the last guy you want to see when you're thin on the defensive line is Derrick Henry, who, like, stiff arms defenders into sub-orbit. Uh, even, even if he's, like, just 50%, the fact that he's on the field, he might be the world's greatest decoy, and you have to account for him. So if, if Derrick Henry plays and everything is projecting tra- like he's going to, um, that, that really could be a huge difference maker for Tennessee because they can play keep-away. Because Burrow has been great. Like, in his last five starts, the team is 4-1, he's thrown 13 touchdowns, no interceptions, and is averaging 344 yards passing per game. But he can't throw the ball if he doesn't have the ball. And Derrick Henry can make sure that he doesn't have the ball.
1: I agree with that. tell they say Titans for you there?
2: Yeah, if Henry's okay. Yeah. Like The thing about this weekend, which is so great, guys, you could make a compelling argument yeah. for every road team to win and every home team to win. That, that's what. That's why this is the funnest weekend for me, because you're going to get the best teams out there, and you get two games on our Saturday and two games on our Sunday here. Uh, so you get a full weekend of just really, really great football.
1: The other AFC matchup, this this is the one I'm really looking forward to, the, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen last week in those minus 15 uh, conditions as it would have been over here. Uh, th- the perfect game, no punts, no turnovers. Uh, he was outstanding. Can they back it up? Can they do it again against the Kansas City Chiefs?
2: Yeah, that's a great question because that, that just so people understand when you said the perfect game, literally, that had never happened before in NFL history. There had never been a game where a team essentially got every yard that was available to them. In other words, what I mean is what you said. Every drive ended with a touchdown. They did not attempt a field goal. They did not punt. And at the end of the game, they didn't turn it over on downs. They ran out the clock. So literally every yard they could have gotten, they got. I don't think we'll see that kind of performance. But this sets up as – there's a reason this is the last game of the weekend because everyone this is the game everyone wants to see. This is the first postseason game in NFL history with two quarterbacks coming in having thrown five touchdown passes. Mahomes threw for 405 and five touchdowns. Josh Allen threw for 300 yards and five touchdowns. It's also the first playoff game where both teams come in having scored 40 points in a previous playoff game. The Bills scored 47, and the Chiefs scored 42. So with all that being said, final score 10-7, right? That's <laughs> the way it plays out. Well, boys, that was, too. Trey, with that was last week. with the, LA. the
1: Trey, last week with the Bills and the Patriots, everyone's, like, oh, it's going to be minus 15, uh, two defensive teams. It's going to be the yeah. Unders. The Bills covered yeah. the under, the overs by himself. So that's just what happens.
2: Yeah, absolutely crazy. So uh, I, this, is, this is just chef's kiss good. And, and they played in week five, and the Bills won pretty easily. But things have changed so dramatically for both teams. The Bills' best cornerback who was on the field that day, Tredavious White, he's out. In that game, the, the Bills didn't allow the Chiefs one play of 20 or more yards, which is impossible when you think about that offense for the Chiefs. So their best cover corner is not going to play. Uh, the Chiefs' defense didn't have Melvin Ingram. He hadn't been traded for yet. They didn't have Chris Jones on the field that day. He was out with an injury. They had a different starting uh, safety in the secondary. Juan Thornhill is now starting. So both defenses are dramatically different. The, the, I can't tell you who's going to win. I could, I could make a very convincing argument for both of them. But the only thing I'll say is in Harrowhead, which is the Chiefs' home, home stadium, in the playoffs, the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes are 6-1. and one. The only loss at Arrowhead in his postseason career was the twenty eighteen AFC Championship game in which D Ford, who was a defensive lineman, lined up in the neutral zone, which negated a game clinching interception of Tom Brady with a minute and a half to play. And if that penalty, which had nothing to do with the play, he just lined up in the neutral zone. There wasn't anything that affected it. If if he doesn't line up in the neutral zone, we're possibly talking about the Chiefs going to a fourth straight Super Bowl this postseason. Hmm. The Bills can beat them, but it is really, really hard to beat the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes in the postseason at Arrowhead. Absolutely. Um, and there'd be
0: special interest from a certain Australian Open player as well. Jessica Pegula is in the women's singles down here. Yes, exactly. And her, her father owns the Buffalo Bills. And uh, Jessica doesn't need to be playing yep. tennis for financial reasons, if you know what I mean. There's $5 billion in uh, Dad's yep. bank account. So anyway, it's... um. It's a little subject. Just on uh, quarterbacks, um, Aaron Rodgers, just in a general sense, Trey. So, say if Aaron Rodgers wins the Super Bowl and he's the MVP mm-hmm. and there's, they've got a chance because the Packers had a great season, um, surprising a few people. Yeah. Given all everything that's gone on, he's like the Novak Djokovic of the NFL, essentially, in, in some ways, with what has <laughs> gone on this year with his vaccination status oh, and man. saying that he's been jabbed yeah. and he hasn't in the way of COVID. How how will it be received over there if this guy becomes the biggest star of the postseason?
2: Well, listen, I, I think that most people here uh, would would not have an issue with that. Um, obviously, I, I think whenever he said the things he said about the vaccine, he, I hate people. By the way, I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent, but I hate people yeah. that when they say they they didn't take the vaccine, they start with, "Well, I'm a critical thinker," which is a nice way of saying you must not be a critical thinker if you chose to take the vaccine. So just. Shut up with that! Like, don't don't <laughs> throw that out there. That's just that's just stupid. Um, but listen, I, I think that most people would 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 be okay with it because Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, he's been to one Super Bowl, guys, in his entire career. And the idea that the Green Bay Packers, as an organization, had at any given time no worse than the fourth best player or quarterback in football, and they couldn't get to more than one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers uh, as their quarterback. That's a failure as an organization. So I think there's a lot of pressure, quite frankly, on Rodgers and the Packers to get it right this time. Remember, they were the number one seed last year and couldn't beat Tom Brady at home at Lambeau Field in the NFC Championship game. And San Francisco has been like his nemesis. He has never beaten the Packers, or excuse me, the 49ers in the postseason. He's 0 for 3. And no quarterback in NFL history has ever gone 0 for 4 in postseason play against one franchise. So. I think there's more pressure on Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers to get it done now because this probably is going to be his last season with the Packers. And Mm. if he leaves and they've only got to one Super Bowl in 18 seasons with him, that's a failure across the board.
1: I agree. Trey, probably the one and probably the, the NFC matchups here, the one that they've both got to be careful of is Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers both looking for the championship game next week. That's if everyone is looking right. forward to the Chiefs Bills game this week with Mahomes and Allen against each other. Everyone is really just sort of sitting back going, geez, I hope the Packers and the Bucks can both win this week so we can see that quarterback matchup in the in the championship
2: game." Yeah, they listen, the Bucks have been so good at home in the regular season. Well, now I actually let's include the playoff game over the Eagles. Uh they have 6 games uh well, they, they, their average margin of victory at home is 16.5 points. They had five games in the regular season where they won at home by 20 or more points, uh, which is the first time that had happened in seven years. Now, the Rams beat them week three in L.A., but that Rams team was very different, and this Tampa Bay team is very different. Chris Godwin is not there, the wide receiver. He's out with the ACL tear. Uh, Antonio Brown flamed out in the most spectacular of fashion. Out of out of Tampa Bay, and Von Miller wasn't a part of that Rams team, and neither was Odell Beckham Jr. in Week Three. But I will say this about Tom Brady, and it just it just if you if you want to look up the term difference maker in the NFL, you'll see a picture of Tom, and here's why. In if they win on Sunday, it will be their sixth consecutive playoff win with Tom Brady as their starting quarterback. Prior to Tom Brady's arrival to tampa bay in the previous 44 years of the franchise's history the tampa bay bucks won a grand total of six postseason games and he's about to match that in his second year with his next playoff win the other thing which is just nuts tom brady led teams meaning new england and tampa bay are 17 and 3 in their last 20 postseason playoff games no nfl franchise in the history of the 102 years of the league has ever gone 17-3 and three over a 20-game playoff stretch. So he is the ultimate difference maker. The Rams can beat him, but until somebody beats him, I'm going to go with the guy who seems to beat everybody.
0: Looking forward to all these games this week. And I'm not the, the week-in, week-out, NFL-moving-the-chains type guy that Nick Davis is, Trey. But, um, yeah, there's so many subplots and plots. And, uh, yeah, it should be interesting. And it's big down here. I learned this week that the NFL is the fourth biggest game pass market outside uh, the United States around the world. So that goes to show, even though we have three men and a dog, basically, living down in this vast country of ours, that's very, very popular in this part of the world. Uh, Trey, really appreciate your time, mate. Hope you're staying warm over there and enjoy the games this weekend.
2: You got it, man. Take care anytime, guys.